Luke chapter 10. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to kind of tell it rather than read it. So bear with me if you want to check and make sure you've got a Bible to ensure that I'm telling the story correctly. You're welcome to do so and you can challenge me on it and say, you missed a bit. And I'll say, yeah, but that's because I felt like it. You might say, but that was really important. And I'll say, okay, well, we'll pick it up another time. Um, But this is a point. Now, for those of you who know the Bible, and some of you will have read your Bible a lot, and you'll know lots of the stories in the Bible, and some of you, you're kind of younger, and you haven't read it all, and that's fair enough, and some of you are old, uh, and you will have read bits of it, but not all of it. Now, this is one of those passages that I love, but also find challenging, because you've got Jesus, and Jesus had 12 disciples. That's a kind of generally known thing. And they wandered around, they journeyed together, and he did some preaching in different towns. He didn't do it in a church like this. He'd be out on a mountainside somewhere, or sitting by a lake, and people would gather around. I don't think I'm brave enough to do that. I'm not sure that anyone would come either. If I said, right, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go and meet in the park. Feel free to come and join me in the park. Now, some of you would go, I'm just intrigued to see what Richard's going to do in the park, and you'd wrap up warm and you'd come. Some of you would go, it's in the park, I'm not going, because it's going to be too cold. Then a day like this would come possible. So you probably wouldn't come, which is fair enough, because I ramble on a lot, and you might as well be somewhere warmer. But Jesus did it outside. And you think, well, it's okay, because it was warm there. Well, it is sometimes, but it also it gets pretty chilly at times too. So... Anyway, so he's there, and he walks around, and he did miracles, and he healed people, and he did all this cool stuff. And then, he's got his 12 disciples. At one point, he said to his 12 disciples, right, what I want you to do, I'm going to send you out. You're going to do it, but I'm not going to send you on your own. Go in pairs, okay? So you can kind of support each other. So, right, Margaret and Peggy, off you go. Phil and Peter, off you go. Uh, Paul and Deb, off you go. Wendy, Phil, off you go. And what I want you to do is you're going to do the teaching and you're going to perform the miracle. And his disciples went, huh? Okay. But, but, but. But they went and did it. And then there's another point where 72, now whether it was exactly 72 people or whether that was just a number that gets used to describe a crowd of people, they were people that also followed, so they weren't like his closest buddies. They were, they were like others that followed on, but maybe they weren't always there because they got their jobs to do, so they couldn't like give everything up. But there's a good crowd of them, and he says to them, "Okay, you've been with me for a long time now, so I'm going to send you out as well. You're going to go, and I'm going to send you in pairs. So, Alfie, Molly, you're going. Carol, you can go, Yenny." Uh, who hasn't gone yet? Malcolm, you can go with Maria. Faith and Joanna are going to go. Bill, we'll go together. How does that sound? Has anyone, have I missed anyone? I don't know your name, sorry. Paul. Paul. You can join a crowd. You can go, you go with Bill, and I'll grab your wife on the way. There we go. So off they went. And they were told, what I want you to do, okay, you're all going to go, you're the crowd now, you're going. And what I want you to do, in your pairs, you can do the preaching and the teaching and you can perform the miracles so you can, you can heal people uh, and you can cast out demons. But here's something that you need to remember. You can't take anything with you. 
So um, you can't take with you uh, any bag. Don't take your wallet. You won't need that. Um, don't take your purse. Don't take change clothes. Don't take spare shoes. Don't take anything. Okay. Now you might have to go over some hills and stuff. So those staff they used to have like walking sticks and stuff. So you can't take them. Just go as you are with what you got today. Off you go. And they were like, okay. Are you mad? Uh, but they went. And they went. And they did all the things that Jesus said. And they came back. And it says at the end of the passage, if I can find it now, the 72 returned with joy. So I can imagine, because I'm looking at your faces, and some of you are engaging with this a little bit more than others. Um, kind of going, okay, me. And I don't know if it's because the person I matched you up with that you've gone, oh, I've got to go with them, really? Or you wanted to choose. Or whether it's the very idea that it's you that's got to go outside these four walls, because it's safe in here. We know each other, or those that we don't know, we can quickly ask and have a cup of coffee afterwards or something, and we'll build a relationship. And, but it's nice, we've chosen to be here. Those people out there. I mean, some of them are all right because we've met them in the shop. But I don't really want to go, ooh, I see you've got a bad leg. Let me just pray for you and heal that. Okay? Because I'm like, not sure. I, that, that, I tell you what, that was. I, I, I don't know what I'd do if I suddenly stand in that position. I just don't pray for something. And yet, that's what Jesus sets them out to do. And I know that I've heard stories that people. That have been in that position. A friend of mine I mentioned it before, um, he's called Chris Duffett, and he is a town centre chaplain. So he's in Peterborough town centre every Friday doing various things. Um, some of it's kind of evangelistic and whatever, some of it's just going around and meeting people. And, and, and it, he meets, they, they have some, they've built up a team, and they meet in a park in uh, Weatherspoons. And they say, anyone want to chat? You want to pray? You want some space? And some people will. And they walk around, they've got little beer mats that have got opportunity, you can write a prayer request and it goes on the pub notice board. And then they'll pick them off and they'll pray for them over the week. So they were in there a few weeks ago, and they start chatting to this guy, they're giving out these beer mats, going, I'm just doing this, and if you want to chat or pray, and there's people. Because you can imagine that, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock on a Friday morning, the people that are in the pub, are people that probably have got not too many other places to go. And so this guy says, well actually, would you pray for me now? And I said, yeah, why? He said, well, I've got a sore hand. And so I've had x-rays done and this has happened and I've got to have surgery and blah, blah, blah. But I've not been able to use my hand for about three months. Could you pray for me? And they said, okay. So you can imagine the scene that there's a few of them in the pub suddenly going, Okay, what, should we hold the hands now in the pub? Okay, right, this is interesting. And they prayed for this guy. And he said, Oh, that was strange. Why? Well, because I just felt like a finger sensation. I, I had a sensation at the end of my finger that I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to feel the end of my finger for, for months. I said, Oh, yeah, that would be good. Just see you here. In Weatherspoons in Peterborough. And apparently, this guy's hand was made well again. 
Now I've heard stories like that. I've heard loads of them from different people around the world. I've read the books that have got them in and I still go, hmm, yeah, don't ask me to do that, God. I'm not sure. But what it says in this passage is when you go, although I'm telling you to take nothing with you, other than yourself and the person you with, what I want you to do is you're going with the Holy Spirit. And when you arrive in a place, if, if someone welcomes you in and says, hey, want to come stay? You can stay with us. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem at all. Yeah, no, we'll make sure you get there. Stay with them. Bless them. And may their peace, may your peace be upon them. And he says, if, if someone doesn't, they say, oh no, not interested, don't worry about it. So if you're walking around and usually, and somebody, I don't know, Phil hands out his tracks all the time. And some people will take them and some people won't. And perhaps you tell people about Jesus, or you try, and you go, oh, that was a bit nerve-wracking. Some people will be interested, and some people won't. It's simple as that, really, isn't it? Don't worry too much about the people that won't. I mean, we can pray for them. But those people that, that are interested, maybe, maybe just pursue that a little bit. Not with an intention of going, oh, got them now, got them. They're going to become Christians, they're going to join the church, and the church will come. Not for that reason. But to be able to bless them and share your peace with them. Now, what we're going to do, as I mentioned, we had peace cranes covering the ceiling up until a week ago. And they've all come down. They came down on Christmas Eve. They were gone by Christmas Day. They're in a box over there at the moment, or some of them are, some of them aren't. And they're getting packaged up, they're going in envelopes. And they're going to get distributed. Now, I might need your help to distribute them because there's quite a lot of them, I've realised. And we're going to post them through the doors. Oh, local businesses. So the shops down the high street and Fairfield and around. And if we've got enough, we'll go down the industrial estates and around. And we're going to put them through business doors. Send them to our local councillors. Send them to our local MP. To the police. To the doctor's surgeries. And say... Well, there's a letter that explains what the peace cranes are about. And say, do you know what? One of the things as a church that we care about is usually. We care for our community. And, and we've got hopes for our community. Now, we might have different hopes and aspirations and expectations for our community. But I suspect other people do as well. And so the peace crane's going to go out with this message and say, one, we'd love to get to know you and to find out what your hopes, dreams, aspirations are for usually. Two, if you've got anything you'd like us to pray for, well, we're going to be praying. So let us know and we'll pray for you. I can't remember what the third thing is. Oh, the third thing is to invite them to church. Not to a service to start with, though they're more than welcome. Anyone who wants to come can come but on the 15th of January, to breakfast. Because from the 8th to the 15th of January, we're going to have a week of prayer. The week of prayer is going to be fairly straightforward. There's going to be a booklet that's got some guidance for each day as to things to pray for, which will include local people. Not necessarily by name, some of them will be, because 
I can do a list of local councillors. Whereas if I do shopkeepers, it could take up a lot of pages. But give us some guidance so that we can all be praying, maybe on a Monday for local shopkeepers, Tuesday for people that run garages, Wednesday for those that are in local governance, so on and so forth. And through the week, I'm going to ask Peter to ensure the heating's on in here at certain points in the week. So that if you want to come in, or anyone wants to come in, at periodic points, we can come in the church, nothing planned, nothing organised, but getting some quiet space, because sometimes, if your house is anything like mine, it gets a bit noisy. And there's other things going on, and I can't concentrate because I get distracted, because I think, oh, the washing machine's just finished. Well, I don't think that Amy usually thinks that, and I don't notice. But I hear the kids calling. Or something happened. And so coming in here and just being able to get some space. And you might want to take advantage of that. We'll work out the times and that will be let known next Sunday. And then at the end of the week, on the Sunday, we're going to have a breakfast. It's going to be a simple breakfast, don't expect a big fry up. At best, we're probably going to crash on some Danish pastries. I've asked people to respond to me because if everyone who could potentially get one of these decides to come, that's an awful lot of people. We'll work it out. But my hope isn't that we fill the church hall with people. I mean, maybe one day. My expectation is that. My expectation is really that nobody comes. I've got really high expectations, as you can tell. But my hope and my prayer is for those people of peace. And I'm not quite brave enough to go out even with somebody else, and to walk around and go, you know Jesus, or let me bless you, let me just take your hand on your leg or whatever it might be. <coughs> I'm not brave enough to do that. If you are, brilliant. You crack on. But I'm kind of brave enough to put something in them and push it through someone's door. And then if they choose to come to me, then that's a bit easier. But my agenda isn't right. Now we can... We'll reel them in. Yeah, go, okay, I'm going to listen. To hear from the people that live and work around you, to say, what are your hopes? Not what your concerns. I hear enough about problems. I mean, they'll probably crop up. What are our hopes? What are our hopes for this town? And people will see different things. You will see different things from me. I'm fairly new here. I know some people who've been here 30 years and they still feel like it's a newbie because they know people who've been here for 60 years or, or longer. I've been here about two and a half years. Not even that. So I see different things. And I want to hear about the hopes and the dreams. But I want to identify by doing this perhaps some of those people of peace who actually as we pray, as we build up relationships with our community, that we can get to know that they might lead us to be sharing the gospel in places that we don't expect. Because it might be that the guys from the tattoo parlour down Fairfield Road engage with us, whereas we might write them off and go, no, they won't be interested. And yet, and I love this, the friend Chris that I mentioned, 
one of the places that he's discovered in Peterborough that's a place of peace that welcomes him is a tattoo parlour. And the guy who runs it, whenever he walks by, says, Hey, Chris, come in. How are you doing? It's great you're here. It always feels peaceful. There's something happens when you walk through the door. And on one occasion he says, Chris, I'm going to get a tattoo. Some stuff happened over the last year or two. And, and there's something about the stuff you talk about that, that I love. And I don't know that I've believed it all yet. But I'm on a journey. I want to get a tattoo. And Chris says, okay, what do you want to get? And I said, I'd like to get a cross. <coughs> oh, okay. That sounds good. What sort of cross are you going to get? Just two lines. Oh, yeah, but you can get a Celtic cross and you can get this, you can get that. Okay. Let's look at some crosses. Cool. <coughs> thing is, Chris, I know you're a Baptist minister and you're a chaplain. I want you to do the tattoo. This is a guy who's covered head to foot. There's like hardly a space under apparently the tattoos. And he says to this guy who's a Baptist minister, I want you to do the tattoo on me. And so in that moment, of course, if it was me, I'd be going, oh, what, what do I think about this theologically? Is that allowed? I don't like tattoos particularly. I'm not fan of them. I mean, I'm not, like, I wouldn't tell someone not to get one, but I'm not going to get one myself. And, and in that moment, Chris finds himself Right, he'd already suggested something quite elaborate. <laughs> and then realised he's got to do it. And so, finds himself tattooing with help from the guy who could tattoo oh, because he knows what he's doing. Which, there's something extremely beautiful about that, that through simply walking around, speaking to the people that run the shops and the businesses and the community, and praying, God, where are the people of peace? Where are the places of peace? I've got nothing. I can come with some creative ideas, we can send a peace train. But really, I haven't got anything I, I can't offer, anything to local businesses or community groups. It's not like I've got money to invest and go, oh, you want to expand? Well, I, my friend George Sugar could help. That, that, that's not what I've got. Silver and gold, I know. But why? Do the things that we do have. And it might be a smile. It might be a hug. My hope is that one of the things that will happen from this is that as we walk down the street, possibly people who have been to breakfast, that surprise us. And that I'll be able to walk past half flecked barbers or savers or key house or Morrison's. <laughs> or Lodge Brothers, or Otterfield GP Surgery, or the car garage that I don't know the name of that's at the end of Falling Lane. And, and I'll be able to go, possibly not from the first opportunity, but over the time, but I'll be able to go, hey, how you doing? Because I won't be going now, it's not like I'm going to be buying a new car anytime soon. But there's potential for us to build relationships and share something of God's peace with our community. So that is my hope. That's one of my hopes for Usley, not just for 2017, I've got to remember to say the right year, but for us as a church to break out in a way that is a bit out there, a little bit different, but in a way that shows not that 
we want to get something from, from people. I don't want to say, oh, could you give us some money? We need to fix the church roof. That will come. We'll do that. But can we get to know you? Because we care about our community. Should we pray? And then we're going to sing a carol. I don't know which one, because you haven't chosen it yet. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the example of those disciples and and those 72 who you sent out, perhaps feeling a little bit afraid, a little bit confused, thinking that they needed you in the physical presence of the man Jesus to be able to perform miracles, cast out demons, to share your peace and your hope and your joy. And yet you chose them. Just ordinary men and women and you made them extraordinary by your Holy Spirit. And after they went out, they came back with joy. Lord, may we know through trying a few things, trying to engage with the community, to build community, that we might share your love and peace and that we might know that joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.